Welcome to Far North Tokers. This is episode 104, September 9th, 2018. Your host, Mid Toker. Thank you all for listening. Political show. October 2nd, 2018, Fairbanks North Star Borough will be electing a new mayor. Four candidates. Christopher Quist, Robert Shields, Bryce Ward, and Nadine Winters. You're going to hear a lot of debates coming up here in the future. League of Women Voters. We may have the Youth Activist Forum. Maybe they'll hold a debate. A lot of times, though, particularly with the issue of cannabis, we have supporters and non-supporters on both sides of the spectrum. Republican, Democrat, Liberal, Conservative. Cannabis is a strange beast. It goes back and forth, doesn't it? So a lot of times it isn't brought up because sometimes you can affect your base by certain things you're saying. It's not brought up in any debates during the election. Very small if it is. Maybe someone will ask a question. But here at Far North Tokers, we have the opportunity to invite the guests on, ask them nothing but cannabis questions, and that's it. So that's what we've done. An invite went out to all four candidates, Quist, Shields, Ward, and Winters. At this point, two have accepted, Bryce Ward and Robert Shields. And now, Christopher Quist. Here's our newest sponsor from the Alaska Cheesesteak Company, Victor. I want to welcome everyone to the Alaska Cheesesteak Company's ticket truck. I want to thank all our customers for making the Alaska Cheesesteak Company the best sandwich in town. Best sandwich in town. In the Daily News Miners Reader's Choice Award. What makes our cheesesteak special? Fresh ingredients every day. We cut everything fresh. Our most popular sandwich is the pineapple teriyaki cheesesteak. Bacon, onions, mushrooms, sweet bell peppers, and pineapples sauteed together in grill with shredded cheese on top. It's our own version of what a Philly cheesesteak island vibes. We're going back to our roots. We're more of a food truck type of vibes. All our focus is really on the food. Fresh cheesesteaks. Big thanks from us, my family, and the ticket crew for supporting your local business. Don't forget the Far North Tokers fan club gets a 10% discount at the Alaska Cheesesteak Company. All you gotta say is, let me get my Far North Toker discount, and that's 10% off every time you show up to our ticket truck. Fresh cheesesteaks. That's the Alaska Cheesesteak Company. Mobile tiki truck bouncing around locations, but every Wednesday at North Pole Mall, 11 to 2, Alaska Cheesesteak Company. Fresh steaks, island style. Welcome, Christopher Quist, running for mayor of Fairbanks North Star Borough. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you for the invitation. And it's, uh, it's great to be invited, and then it's also great to... I have discovered your podcast. I'm a fan of podcasts in general, and and sadly, your program wasn't on my radar at all. Yeah, that's it's really good to hear. It's it's always uh, just trying to promote any kind of message, and how do you get it out there? You know that that's what it comes down to, and trying to reach different people. Um, so I'm glad you're coming on to speak to my audience. Likewise, thank you. Thanks for coming on and taking time to discuss cannabis. I really appreciate you willing to share your ideas on sometimes a controversial issue even after legalization. In representative government, when elected, there are a few ways to govern. 
Do you govern with the will of the people or take latitude because you're the ones in office to make your own decisions? And one of the things you were saying before um, my technology failed was this direct democracy and this idea we could all get on and vote. Before the audio cut out or the recording, I mean, I, I, I was kind of going in a different direction that, I mean, the question was, I mean, how, yeah. how do I govern? How would I govern? Is it, you know, by fiat or is it by just direct representat- representation? And so I was kind of doing sort of a thought experiment. Or, I mean, I, I think out loud to a large extent. And, and so I was just saying, you know, you have one end where potentially you could have complete direct democracy. And there are some advantages to that because, well, it's actually the will of the people. There are some disadvantages in that people have lives that prevent them from actually being able to to pay attention to the issues to the degree that's necessary. Now, that's not to say that there aren't people that aren't very engaged. Obviously, there are. I mean, I can get to that in a moment. But I guess what I'm trying to say is there is value and expertise that happens when people treat government as a full-time job or as a career to a certain extent because then they can actually you know, learn the law and and become proficient with government issues and, and the complex relationship between government and the rest of society. And right. so that's one that's one thing. But then the other extreme is like having some kind of dictator. And I mean that's obviously not attractive for obvious reasons. But I think in Alaska in general and, and in Fairbanks in particular, especially at the local level here, we do it really well in that we have like so our assembly is you know and I, I serve on the assembly currently just finishing the first year of my second term and the assembly is a part-time job for all nine of us so all of us do something else we have a day job we're regular folk we have to be the nine assembly folk anyways but we're out there in the community and we are dealing with the same issues that you and and everybody else is. I I really appreciate that our legislative body here. You say in like a larger city, it's very common to have your city council. You know, the Fairbanks Suburb is not a city, but you know, I, I live in the city of Fairbanks, and we have, we have a city council. But and it's a part time kind of thing as well. But in, in a larger city, it's very common to have uh, these kind of like full time career even local council people and so there are some advantages to that they might have you know some more expertise they've got more time to spend on the issues which is really valuable and something i'm looking forward to as, as mayor that i can make it my day job and my night job instead of having to split my time as i do now and but so the disadvantage there is that you know you're you're that much more removed from from the rest of the non-government part of society, which is obviously, you know, the the part that we care about, that the government part is supposed to serve. So, I mean, you have to strike that balance. I find that locally we do. And so that's kind of in a structural way. And if you don't mind me continuing here. No, it's beautiful. I, I, I love your breakdown of it. You're doing a good job. Thank you. So personally, I mean, I'm, I'm running for mayor because I trust my judgment and, and I, I know I can do a good job. So, I mean, I, I see a need. I can see I can fill that need in a similar way that I've been doing on the assembly for the last last four years here. And I I come to the position with 
my experience and my values and 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 my vision and to a large extent that's shared with with a, a majority a, a vast majority of this population i mean when it comes down to it there are very few things that really most people disagree on i mean we have this illusion of i mean there's real division but it's it's magnified the the scope of the division anyways so I come to the position in a certain stance with a certain mindset, but that that's informed by the populace that's informed through testimony through the ballot. And all of these things are taken into account very much so. And the, but so I have a responsibility to the community and I also have a responsibility to myself to serve the community in the way that I think is the best way. And, and I mean, I, I think that really, I mean, if somebody's honest with themselves, that's really the only way to do it. I mean, you have to do what you think is right. I mean, when you cast a vote, you're doing what you think is right for yourself and your family and your community. So, I mean, I'm, I'm rambling here. No. There's something to say about that. There's this, there's a middle ground, and I think that it, we found that locally pretty well. And, and personally, um, I, I just try to aggregate as many opinions as I can and think about it for as much time as we can possibly invest in it. You know, the, the more time you give something to, you don't, you don't rush to decisions. You, you're more likely to have a creative solution to things. And then at some point you have to make a decision. But, and, and, and that's something that you hopefully get right most of the time. That's kind of my, my philosophy on it in general. And the thing is, like, that's completely clear to me, though, is that nobody can do this job alone can make these decisions on their own. This is something that has to be a conversation. And I mean, if this, this is kind of get me on a different thought here, but Mayor Castle has really started this conversation and done this huge lift on educating the community on the scale of our deferred maintenance backlog, which is a one of the more significant problems facing the borough currently. And, and that was very much so an educational effort. So to a large extent, it was one directional because it has to be, there's just so much information about like how many hundreds of millions of dollars and in the scale of the problem and, and all the facilities. But now we need to, we need to hear more from the community about about what direction we want to take the borough, what facilities and services do we want to have, how much are we willing to pay, what do we want our community to look like. So, so now it's time to have that conversation and inform our next mayor, inform our next assembly about about what we want our community to look like. And you know, the your opportunity to do that is right now reaching out to your current representatives. And your opportunity is also to vote on October 2nd, not just on candidates, 
but on propositions on the ballot that are going to send strong messages to the new elected officials as to what direction you want to take the borough in. Definitely. And with uh, Fairbanks being labeled as a hub of cannabis, that is quite a helm to take over, huh? That I, 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 I guess I mean, I, I haven't heard the, the scuttlebutt or the branding that, that were the hub of cannabis, but that sounds great to me. I mean, that I mean, we're the hub of so much other economic activity and w- why not? Chena Cannabis, North Pole Cannabis Dispensary, 1725 Richardson Highway, between North Pole and Fairbanks, right before the Badger Road exit. You're gonna love this place. Convenient access right off the highway. Special in-house strains, Chocolope, Sourdough, Blue Kush, Big Smooth, Purple OG Kush, Fruity Pebbles, mmm. Concentrates by Good Cannabis, Good Titrations, Edibles by AK Frost and the Good Cannabis Gummies. Head on over to Chena Cannabis. Check out the full menu on leafly.com. Open Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. Sunday, noon till 6. You don't have to drive all the way to Fairbanks for your cannabis needs. Save your time. Get your quality cannabis at Chena Cannabis. Your North Pole Cannabis Dispensary. Chena Cannabis. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. There are health risks associated with the consumption of marijuana. For use only by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children. Marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. Nature's Relief. High-quality cannabis at a low price with a focus on high CBD strains that might be useful to the body. Deli Style allows you to try different strains for just a couple dollars. We feature 100% local Fairbanks growers, offer a custom flower pre-roll that allows you to pick the strain, and we roll it in front of you. Daily specials and deals, year-round discounts. Nature's Relief in the heart of downtown Fairbanks, 503 7th Avenue. See you there. Have you toured any cannabis license in Fairbanks? Well, um, so my in-laws, uh, Deborah Hutchins and Millard Toms Butch, uh, are licensees. They uh, have a cultivation facility here, and now they're just and they're opening one up out of the borough down in Big Lake as well. Um, or I mean, it's just coming online. And, uh, and Sunrise Gardens is the name of the outfit. So. Um, you know, I, I've, I've toured that facility. I mean, you know, it's family. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've been to a couple of the retail shops. Um, but I mean, I have, I, and I've, you know, I've had many conversations with many, uh, proprietors of the shops, but I haven't, of any of the retail stores kind of gone behind the scenes. I've never been to a testing facility, nor have I been to a manufacturing facility. It doesn't so, sound I mean, like you I, would be against that. No, no, not at all. I mean, like, I, I mean, I, I'm um, friends with Sean Tacky. We work together at the borough. We serve on the assembly. And, you know, I mean, obviously he's a, a manufacturer and, mm-hmm. and I just haven't made it over to his place. Um, 
I mean, I mean, I'm very much so aware of the industry and, and the regulations. I mean, like, so there's a, I mean, I don't need to tell you any of this stuff, but you know, there's the, um, you have to take a, a test and get a handler's card. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when the, after the ballot initiative passed, um, my, uh, my now wife, um, was thinking about opening up a retail shop. This is, you know, obviously before her folks have the grow operation because legalization is still pending, right? Or it had passed. So Mm -hmm. she's making plans to open a retail shop. And in doing so, she wanted to learn the regulations, right? And I was obviously learning all the regulations because I was serving on the assembly and we're developing all the code for zoning and such for the new cannabis industry. So, you know, listening to all the meetings and everything. So she decides that she wants to develop a course, you know, like any of these other handler courses mm-hmm. or, you know, and um, so she did. And I mean, we, I mean, I helped to a significant extent with like research and writing, just because, you know, your partners with your partner. Right. And um, so it's called, it's called CHAMP, Campus Handlers and Marijuana Professionals Certification. And it's, you know, board AMCO certified and she teaches it in person. And, uh, and so I, mean, I, I've obviously like taken the test. I mean, cause I also like, I mean, I, I mean, I wrote the book, I mean, whatever. So anyways, but I, so I've got my certificate and I've got like my passport shot, whatever, but, um, I don't That's like good. actually ever, I don't actually ever work in the industry. So I've been kind of like just too cheap to spend the 50 bucks or whatever to get, like go to the inspector and have that final step or whatever. But I've got my, my certificate my champ certification. And, uh, so, so no, I mean, I'm definitely like close to the industry in a lot of ways. And even though I, mean, I haven't been to, um, you know, many facilities, I mean, that was one of the reasons I also like don't go out is because Naomi and I have a small garden at home. Right. So like since legalization, I mean, it was, it's kind of a no brainer because it's like incredibly expensive and I mean, it's, I mean, I, it, anyways, no, that's great there, to hear. There, there are reasons to like, I mean, so as much as I would like to go out, I mean, like on Halloween a couple of years ago, I mean, I was out, right? Like the first day or whatever. But oh, then right, it was take just part like, in history. Yeah, sure. But then after that, it's just like, okay, well, it doesn't really make sense. So, uh, anyways, I mean, economically. All right. Well, economically, speaking of economics, the, the tax structure. You know, it's fifty dollars an ounce to the cultivator, and the the borough is they're at five percent sales tax at retail. So, do you support that structure or any changes you would see? At the state level, or locally, or just state all over? or local? Well, so I mean, that fifty dollars an ounce thing. I mean, depending on what perspective you want to take, was a really smart move, right? Because it for like let's say you want to just look at state revenue right mm-hmm. it it's uh if you as opposed to a percentage if you do like a fixed amount those revenues are only going to grow as the industry grows and so it'll grow for the state but the inverse is that prices are going to decline as the industry grows so the relative tax is going to increase for the industry so, I mean, you have to, so that, I mean, I think I'm guessing that the people that 
crafted the. I mean, like, anyway, the, the logic behind having that fixed amount was to make it more attractive to voters because it would increase state revenue and tax the industry more heavily. Now, there there are good arguments for it being a percentage, and I imagine at some point that that would happen. Um, but and or I, I don't know, maybe there's a way to split that difference where there's a um, maybe it's a percentage, but there's a floor to it, or maybe there's a smaller fixed fee per ounce and a relatively smaller percentage. So, I, and so, but if you go with just a percentage, which I mean is maybe a fine answer, but if you go with just that, as as volume increases, short revenue increases too but not at the same rate as it would be if it's this flat rate because prices also decline. And I mean, prices decline. So my, my wife and I were married at the beginning of the year and on our way back home, we went to Scotland and on our way back home, we had a day in Seattle and we checked out the retail shops there. I mean, they literally had $3 grams. Okay. So there was flour, pre-roll, whatever. Right. So it's not like some like glorious bud, but it, I mean, it was a, it was a $3 gram. Yeah, they're they're a few years ahead of us, but true, they are they've been they're doing it right down there. So when you've got three dollar grams, I mean the fifty dollar ounce tax seems a little weird. Um, yeah. And so I, I, I on the state level that needs to change at some point. What kind of balance, or maybe we go to the other extreme? You know, I, mean, I don't know. I'm, probably nobody knows, or I, I haven't been. You know, I mean, that conversation is a, a little bit above my pay grade, but I mean, I'm happy to think about it and participate in it. But um, I mean, yeah, I guess my my gut on it or just where I mean, like, it's OK where it is now. I think it made sense to get it legalized this way. I think that was an attractive thing for voters. But um, at some point, I mean, it needs to at least be refined, splitting the difference so that I mean, you're not shifting the percentage of tax burden so much as price prices drop and the conversations there people are talking about it and and you have sounds like you definitely are understanding different different ways policy can affect the taxes Speaking of policy change, we have on-site consumption currently out for public comment. I guess we're probably closing in on 30 days left. Do you support on-site consumption within the borough and what regulations do you see appropriate for those establishments? Absolutely, yes. I support on-site consumption. You know, I mean, it's, it makes sense in every way and obviously we need to do it in a responsible safe way but if you look at the way the industry by and large has been behaving and operating and it has been safe and legal and responsible and i mean we i mean there are some real i mean there's also like an awareness too in the industry that to a large extent we need to be like above reproach, right? Because there's this legacy of prohibition and this this criminal element, right? 
that's because it was illegal and now you really like have to play by the rules so that we can get these rules loosened to a regular level at some point so i mean i think that we're going to do it right look at the way so i mean there, I, there's some concerns I, there are many concerns i i have no doubt that we can address them all though and what those regulations look like to a large extent are similar to the kinds of regulations that you see in beverage dispensaries so i mean like, and i i think that we have a model there i think that we can do it you know, I mean, at the borough, obviously, we're going to be looking at zoning as part of that. One of my big concerns about it, though, right, is is that there are a lot of folks that don't know their zone that live in a place where they think that the zoning might be more restrictive just because of the character of the neighborhood or the way that the neighborhood's developed. But it's actually a much more unrestricted zone. So, I mean, people should really get to know their zone if they are concerned about a pop shop opening up and and consider changing it if that's something and we changed the code here at the assembly uh just uh, to make it so that people can initiate you know neighborhoods can get together and initiate rezones uh, with no cost to them and to address this problem and i mean so there are other things to think about too I'm guessing that most of these things are going to be thought about ad nauseum at AMCO and and over-regulated. And, and so, I mean, we're going to, I don't think we're going to have to do too much locally other than take a real good hard look at our zoning code and, and our zones. Yeah, I, I look forward to us being this model to United States you know the rest oh, of the country yeah, it's be we can, great. We can no, do yeah, it in the world to right. a large extent i mean like no you're right so uh, so uh, my my wife and i were married this year we spent most of our honeymoon in scotland but we flew in and out of europe through amsterdam and we went to the cafes there and they're not a model they're not and they're not even it's it's not even a, an attractive thing especially if you're you like aren't a tobacco user because it's all just like it's synonymous with tobacco there. And then there's also I mean, a significant amount of cannabis users here that don't smoke, you know, that that use that use concentrates. And there were some edibles there, but it's not. Yeah, I mean, it was it was. It, it was pretty rough, too, you know, and I mean, what what do you expect? But like. The shops here are nothing like that. The service establishments here are going to be nothing like that. I mean, there'll be some, some like really fine places, and they'll just happen to be licensed to serve cannabis. And it, I think it's going to be. I mean, I, I'm very proud to be an Alaskan, and particularly from Fairbanks. That, and I mean, I that we're on the leading edge of this and I'm plan on on regardless if I get elected to be mayor or not I mean I will in my other different capacity as part of the assembly continue to work on this but I do think that we need somebody who has strong convictions on this issue in the mayor's office and so and I mean I I definitely think that I fit that bill 
Do you support a cap on licenses in the borough? Oh, like a, a numeric, like an artificial cap? Right, like the no, city was no. attempting. No, no, or I guess no, they I mean, no, no. I don't, I don't support that um, on any level for municipalities. Or I mean, I understand that there's you know legal capacity to do it. Um, I think that it's it's good that the state didn't compound the errors that they made with limiting alcohol licenses because I mean it doesn't it just creates a secondary market and it yeah and the free market can tell you how many licenses you need what would you think if I sang now be a patron of far north tokers at patreon.com slash midtoker listeners supporting the artist financially for as little as two dollars a month you can help steer far north tokers through guest suggestions, reviews, new equipment for the show. Let's me know that Far North Toker is important to you and I can just keep on keeping them. Thank you to long-term patrons, Marilyn Bergman, Carrie Mullis, Ramblin' Ranger, Peggy Peters, and Aaron Morton. Here's Toker. Do you see cannabis as a positive in our community? And any examples? I see it as a net positive. I mean, it's not categorically 100% positive i mean it's it's overwhelmingly positive um but i mean i've i've had friends that that cannabis has played like a very negative role in their life and i mean i think that most of us know that about somebody and we know more somebody's that alcohol has done that too but i mean it was there are there are costs to it and even under the best circumstances it, it's not 100 percent safe but you know no substance is the positives though i mean really stack up pretty high i mean so there's there's let's start with like the real simple one like it's a civil rights issue like this needs to be legal prohibition is morally wrong and it doesn't work okay so i mean we can i mean like the conversation could really end there but then okay so there's all this economic development that's great there's also the economic development that comes from like eventually ending the war on drugs right sure some people like there's like this anyways we don't need to but really not destroying the lives of countless people by incarcerating them needlessly does a lot for economic development okay so uh then well uh there i think that there's probably a quality of life factor in addition to all of this because people can if they choose to they can recreate this way they can medicate this way i mean so those are some other good things and i mean it just those are the broad strokes okay so here's Another good one. This community, this state, Fairbanks, the borough, and I live in the city, the city as well, has an alcohol problem, a significant one. And it's it's literally a billion-dollar problem annually in this state. Now, people use alcohol to self-medicate. They use alcohol... I mean, for other reasons too, but I'm just talking about problem. People that have 
use disorders, right? Use it for all kinds of complicated reasons. But one thing that has been demonstrated is that people can and often do substitute cannabis for alcohol when it's available. And having safe, regulated, accessible, and hopefully affordable cannabis allows people to use this much safer alternative and significantly reduce their alcohol consumption. So I mean, there, there are so many benefits. And obviously there's downsides. And obviously there's still going to be a connection to the black market as long as that still exists. And there's going to, you know, there are going to be some black eyes and blemishes along the way. But I mean, overall, it is way positive and it's it's the right thing to do. Have you noticed any negatives about the cannabis industry since legalization? Yeah, I mean, there's some litter. That's one thing that kind of bugged me a lot. Um, uh, do you see a lot of it? I mean, um, I, I, I definitely I live, have seen some, definitely. Yeah, I, I live downtown. I don't see like a lot of it. But, it's noticeable when, when you know I mean, I, I, it, it, yeah, and it sticks out pretty good usually. So that's the first thing that comes to mind. You know, I mean, there, the, there's some strife that's come out of it and you know, some growing pains. Those are unfortunate but necessary. Um, but you know, the, the negatives, yeah, I mean, there's been, some, there's been some bad behavior. I mean, there's been some operations that, you know, haven't been playing by the rules. There's been strife within our own community at times. You know, that like, you know, we all want this industry to succeed. We all want to have these rights. But even within our community, sometimes we butt heads on that. And that's that's unfortunate. But that's not something that's necessarily specific to cannabis. I mean, I, I don't feel like I'm missing some real drawbacks. I mean, so there are safety concerns but I think that this very well-regulated industry it, and like the, the practices that I see take place at retail shops seem to make it much safer than it was before legalization. So even though that there might be some people like, so someday there was a guy or there will be a guy who wouldn't have otherwise used pot before it was legal, who goes and buy some legal weed, uses it, and then does something dumb and get killed. Okay, that's really unfortunate, okay? But if you're just looking at safety on balance, having a legal regulated drug is way more safer because before, the most dangerous thing about pot was that it was illegal and you had to buy it from a criminal, okay, just because it was illegal. So that guy's breaking the law so he might as well break the law on some other stuff. And then, oh, you find out, like, you you go, you buy this illegal weed, you use the illegal weed, nothing terrible happens to you. So then you're like, oh, what about this other illegal stuff? Maybe that's not so bad either. Anyways, I mean, so taking it away from the black market, allowing people to do this themselves legally at home, to have legal regulated businesses, I mean, is just overwhelmingly positive and i mean i and yes there are negatives 
but they pale in comparison. Can someone who does not consume cannabis make regulations concerning cannabis? Yeah, I mean, sure, it's going to be harder, though. You know, I mean, you're going to need to you're going to need to talk to more people who have like, like even just not just cannabis, but in general, if you don't have a personal connection to something, I mean, experience is the best teacher. So you're if you don't know it yourself, you're going to need to seek out that much more opinion. And then you're, it's it might be depending on the issue, hard and maybe even sometimes impossible to to get the full perspective. But yeah, I mean, I guess somebody could. Uh, I, I mean, I have, I mean, I don't have like a complete skepticism of it. I mean, it's, an, it's about, I think, half the country or whatever. I mean, it's not everybody that uses pot, right? But at some point, like about half of adults at some point in their life have used, have used cannabis. And so there's about half the population that hasn't, I'm guessing of the 150 million people that haven't, yeah, there's probably a whole lot of them that can make decent regulations. But I think you're going to need to have more of an open mind. And also, I mean, there are people who haven't used it and have a very, like, and as a result, I think that maybe keeps their mind from being open to the possibility that it actually can be used in a safe way. And so, and sometimes these people get into positions of significant power. So, I mean, we had that the mayor's working group on on marijuana, and this is Luke Hopkins, right? And Assemblywoman Diane Hutchison was appointed to this group, and the the stated purpose of this group was to develop regulations to foster this, establish and foster this new industry. It's a pro-industry group by definition, okay? And obviously that balances with community concerns, but that's like, that was, that was the mission, right? Diane Hutchison is on the record unequivocally as a prohibitionist. So, I mean, she didn't belong on that position uh, there. And, and to her, and she's a teetotaler, which I respect in a lot of ways, because, I mean, it's just, you know, that's, when people hate on cannabis, but they're soft on alcohol, that's a really hypocritical position. So, um, and anyways, so personally, she had that cohesion, externally not. And I don't want to harp on Diane. She's a fine and lovely person. But the point is that she is a, a person who is like somebody who you were asking about who would never use the product would never dream of touching it even though it's just a flower and and somehow managed to be on uh like multiple boards that that are critical to shaping uh, this legal industry right that that's a that's a difference than what we were talking about earlier about as far as um, maybe not consuming, but can regulate it, like being reasonable and looking at seeing oh, that, yeah, the other yeah, half so of the population I, so I'm does try, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to connect those dots. I'm sorry if I missed that. So 
No, I mean, you got it. It's like mo- most people. Yeah. I mean, regardless if you have used alcohol, cannabis or other drugs, if, if, you, if you can read, if you can think, if you can talk to your neighbors, you can probably come like and you and you're not a sociopath. OK, so we're talking about like 98 percent of the population, regardless if they've done this drug can regulate it. But I just I just caution that like there are some very extreme significant elements in in our society that that haven't used it and wouldn't even like we'll try to tear it down to the, try to deregulate to, it try to dismantle yeah, it try to prohibit it you right. know and i mean that prohibition i it's sad that we we're still even having to use the word and think about even fighting it but i mean it's still i mean it's on the it's on the ballot in in north pole this this october so if any of your listeners you know live in the city of north pole i would strongly recommend voting no in ensconcing prohibition in the north pole charter commercial prohibition what's the most important cannabis issue to you uh I mean, ed- education I mean, kind of which is right here with what we've been talking about you know getting getting people to understand like what this what this plant is what this drug is what it what its risks are what its benefits are and you know that leads to normalization when people understand it and and, and get to know it so and i mean that's a real challenge because i mean yeah but i think it's something that's doable and i think that what you're doing here um at far north tokers podcast if i got the name of your show right yes thank um you. is is like is a significant part of that that there's a community of people broadcasting podcasting you know having uh, industry working groups whatever just getting with their friends or blogging or whatever and 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 also just demonstrating that i mean that you can have a a business that's totally above the board and it sells this this plant that's a drug, and, and that's that's part of education and normalization. And then just I mean, being a good neighbor, being a good citizen in general, I think is is a big part of it. So I, I, I that that's the challenge there. And the, the other thing that I had just said before that I mean prohibition is still I mean like it, I don't I don't see it coming. It's not happening in the borough. I mean we knock that down so hard last year it was beautiful i mean anyways so it's not happening in the borough but it shouldn't be even it shouldn't even be part of the conversation i mean i understand that we have this initiative where we voted it in and part of that allows local regulatory authorities municipalities to opt out of the commercial end of things and so i mean i appreciate that's part of the initiative i would support legislation that changed that I mean, prohibition is not, is there's like, there should be like a list of like political ideas that are just like not acceptable to talk about, you know, like slavery, for example, right? Prohibition, you know, makes it on that list. Yeah. Just throw it right in the bill of rights. I would, it fits in there somewhere. 
I mean, it should already be in there. I mean, it took, it took a constitutional amendment to prohibit alcohol. Okay, and it took a constitutional amendment to unprohibit it, right? I mean, that's what it took for the federal government to prohibit alcohol. They've decided they don't need that for cannabis, you know, and, and that argument, I mean, it, it's bogus, right? And I mean, but there's like, there's some significant, there's some significant, significant judicial rulings on it that have established it very well. So it's hard to, I mean, you can't, anyways, but like it's, it's wrong, and I, I would support it being changed at the federal level in, in whatever way we can. Uh, but uh, the way I read the Constitution, you, you don't you don't actually need to like the, the federal government doesn't have the, the ability to prohibit it. But anyways. What is one skill you can offer to the cannabis community as the next Fairbanks North Star Borough Mayor? You know, I mean, if I'm trying to compare myself to the slate, because you've got to pick from the four of us or whatever, I, mean, I am confident that I have the most knowledge of the industry and the regulations of any of the other candidates. And I think that's significant. And coupling that with... with like the strong sense of justice that I have and how I feel about the issue and how vital it is for this era of prohibition to end and how that we need to establish a model regulated legal market. And, and so I mean, I, just, I think that I have the, the knowledge and the character that you'd like to, if, I mean, if, if I was in the industry, you know, and my family is, so I am, you know, I get to recuse myself at the assembly for lots of license kinds of things. Um, I would be voting for myself because I mean, I, I mean, I, it's close to my heart and I have the knowledge. Thank you. Is there anything else you would like to share with the audience? I mean, vote, please. I mean, even if like you're voting for another mayor, Oh, anyways, call me and talk. We can talk about it. <laughs> so vote. Even if you're not voting for mayor, there's other issues, right? There are other candidates. There are other propositions. Uh, you can learn about all of these. There's plenty of time uh, to do that. My number's on the borough website. I also have a campaign website. Um, if you want to reach out to me, and there's a Facebook too, if you have any questions about government, politics, my campaign, other campaigns, but I mean, well, go ahead. Do you want to share it? Do you want to share the links or right talk now? about, Oh yeah, sure. So yeah, I mean, so FNSB.us assembly, your, your government assembly contact assembly members. We're all there. My phone number and email address. Now that email address, that's for government stuff. So if you want to talk to me about how I can serve you as an assembly person, that's the email to get a hold of me at. Um, the cell phone number is the same for everything. It's just my personal cell phone number. Okay. But then I've got a campaign website, quistformayor.com, and you can support the campaign there, connect with, with us. Um, there's, there's some information about us there, nothing about other issues because we can only do our campaign there per the regulations. 
But if you'd like to see a sample ballot at fnsb.us, and then you, your government, you click on that, and then you click on elections, and there's a sample ballot link on that page. And you'll see all the candidates, and on the reverse, all the, the four propositions. You know, the information's there, you can see the people's names, and you can look them up. There's a bunch of forums, Chamber of Commerce, League of, Tanana, League of Women Voters of the Tanana Valley, um, Interior Taxpayers Association. I imagine all the candidates are going to come out to those. Tune in. Stuff will be on KUAC. It'll be streaming on the borough website. And vote October second. And if you early voting is starting the seventeenth, maybe even sooner. So vote. Just elections matter. Be selfish. Go to the poll and vote for like what's good for you, what's good for your family. If we all do that, and we all like you know you know not one, just collectively, I think our our self-interest is going to serve us all if we all go out there and make our voices heard. And the more of us go out, just the better off we all are. Yes, participation. Absolutely. Hey, thanks again, Christopher Quist, for coming on Far North Tokers and running it's for public pleasure. office. It's my pleasure. Can we do this again sometime? Or, I don't know, this was this was a blast. Yes. I mean, I'm hopefully not running for office again for three years or whatever, but... Um, I mean, I'm not really excited about uh, about politics. I like the job, the government job, the, the campaigning is is you know a real chore. But um, I mean, I really enjoyed talking with you, and I don't know, like I'm gonna listen to, I'm gonna go back and listen to your your catalog, and if you if you ever want to talk about what's going on with cannabis at the borough from the assembly point of view or from the mayor's office, you know, knock on wood. Uh, I'd be yeah, happy to keep chatting. Wow. Thank you so much for the invite. Well, yeah, well, hopefully. Hey, hey, thank you for joining us on Far North Tokers. You can find more episodes of this time capsule of Alaskan cannabis on SoundCloud and iTunes. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send questions and comments to midtoker at farnorthtokers.com. M-I-D-T-O-K-E-R at FallingMoreTokers.com And now, Patreon helps support the show fine nature at Patreon.com slash NewToker. Here's Token. One more time, I guess, huh? Fresh cheese sticks. <laughs>